Hey kooks, are you learning to surf? Then you know how there's a lot to learn. That's why I teamed up with Coach Evan, a dear friend who's a proficient surfer, master board builder, and high caliber surf coach to help me deliver the surf continuum education to all you out there so you can surf excellently and with minimal kookiness. Anyway, if you've ever kooked it or just like to laugh when other people do, stick around because this podcast is just for you. If you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook, but don't panic because we've all kooked it at some point. So join us on the KookCast because we're here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one class at a time and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. Today I'm not your host, but your co-host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Evan, coming at ya. And we created the surf coaching and education program, The Surf Continuum, where we work personally and virtually with all kinds of surfers to develop proper technique, fundamental skills, and education on how to read waves so you can surf for life. This is just going to be a quick little episode. I just wanted to uh, introduce you to, uh, to all my listeners, Coach Ev. So uh, why don't you tell us a little about yourself. Start with uh, where you're from and uh, when did you start surfing? Well, happy to be here, brother. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you with a little of my surf history. A little background? A little background. Um, you know, I was, I was blessed. I was born into a family that spent a lot of time at the beach. They weren't necessarily a lot of surfers, but they they spent so much time in the water, body surfing, boogieing. They had the blow up mats. Uh, they, you know, they grew up in Southern California, so they were always hitting Newport, Huntington, uh, and then and then they had some friends that were going down to Northern Baja, just like an hour over the border. Found this little town, and they started renting renting houses in the summer for like a month a month at a time you know go down there for a whole month with the whole family and so that's you know they spent they spent days on the beach in the sun learning how to body surf boogie board and mat and then there's my two uncles they they got boards pretty quick you know when they were young when they were young in their early teens so from then on it was like there were boards around and you know my brother and i were really young when we even got a hold of our first surfboard and we were super young when we started body surfing and boogie boarding it's kind of the foundation of all surfing huh and that's that's the thing that i see missing in most surfers that that enter the game late you know they they don't have that those just endless hours actually in the water it's not standing up and riding waves that's for sure it's swimming it's learning how to go under waves and mm. be more like a seal or a dolphin than than a surfer you right, know and right. and uh, learn how to deal with rip tides when you're eight years old you know and getting sucked out in front of the house but you got your brother and your sister and a friend and we all have boogie boards and and we just we learned through trial and error and we learned through actually doing it from a very very early age so I would say I I remember having pictures of me in is it kinder yeah kindergarten standing up in an (laughs) O'Neill black and neon yellow with a killer low surfer stance and riding like a big old white water and my mom used to like wade out like 
waist deep in the water with the with the cam <laughs> and just get the shot and and I was so about it for like 10 waves and then it was cold and I'm like no I want to go and she's like one more <laughs> she's I guess she's my first surf coach okay and then this is key to to my surfing history my second surf coach and most real deal surf coach we talk about her with the highest regard is is Nana Arlene Spielman oh my goodness the sea wolf the sea wolf comes out again you know strikes again because when she struck you would never forget it you know it's like <laughs> I feel like this was just one day but I'm pretty sure this happened most every time because we were such little pussies back then and the water <laughs> the waves were the waves are big and it was windy and it was cold and like my uncles were around nobody else was around like it wasn't about going really and having fun it was like she'd be like you have wetsuits and you have boards and you guys aren't going to be pussies put these wetsuits on we're like no no we don't want to do it she would put the wetsuits on us <laughs> And we're like whining, just slap upside the head real quick. Okay, quiet down for a little bit. And then and then she'd be like, let's go, boys. Like kind of forcing us out of the house. And we'd be like looking at our mom like, mom, mom, tell her to stop. No, we don't want to go. Mom just turns the cold shoulder. Right? And we know it's on. We know there's no turning back. She's like dragging us out. She's like upside the head again don't drag your boogie boards you know? <laughs> oh, like the best good surf teachings, coach right and then so she takes us into the water and we're the whole time we're trying to like get away from her so she's basically got us scruffed like the whole time and she's like we have our boogies and she's like pushing us out and and pushing us over white waters over white waters and then she'll turn us around push us into a, a white water and and then we'd be like, okay, this is, I'm making a break for it. I'm riding this thing all the way to the beach <laughs> and I am gonna run from the sea wolf. And I was just like all the way in, like kicking my feet, like I'm gonna make it all the way in. And then I get, hit dry dock it, grab the board real quick, turn around, Nana master body surfer. Oh, wow. All the way in to right behind you. And there was no point to even run because she was already there and she wow. you were already scruffed once again and you're going out for another one and you know it was pretty hard to to keep a hold of two little wiry indian kids you know like it was pretty hard but she did it and she really taught us how to like be strong and put in the time you know she, that's what she she really taught us was like you know you're not only going to surf when your uncles are around like your cool uncles who surf and they're going to take you to like a real surf spot and go get some waves you're gonna you're gonna train like all the all my kids did and that's how i know you'll be okay in the water and you'll reap the benefits of being a a, a true ocean lover and you know maybe become a a, a good surfer you know so that was that was my second main you know huge valuable lessons valuable lessons i'll never forget and i love to pass them on to the young the young 
little groms you know i got two nephews and i love to school them in the in the water and be just like the sea wolf and not take no for an answer mm -hmm. a little tears and snot is you know is not going to shut down a session no it's gonna you're gonna have to keep going you got good wetsuits and you got good boards you need to go put in the time mm -hmm. i don't even care if it's just playing in the sand like digging clams you know, you have to just be on the beach in your wetsuit. Interacting with the, the ocean. Learning. Yeah, learning. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that really is a blessing because uh, for me, it was a struggle to get my first surfboard. Like I wanted to learn how to surf for so long before I even got my hands on one. Right. It was like a sacred thing once I finally got it. Okay, so just wrapping up my little surf history, you know, like Mama Lee's first surf coach, and then the sea wolf comes in and just really sets us straight. <laughs> you know, sets us on our on our path of going out in any any conditions, putting in the time, and then eventually she planted the seeds. You know, eventually, then maybe you could be like your uncles who got it down and know how to go track down waves even out in front of the house. That are it's such a difficult break. You know, there's not very many people who can go out there and make it look fun and easy and, and get a bunch of waves. So she planted that seed early. And of course, we were all over our uncles. We thought they were like the coolest fucking guys ever. We wanted to be a part of any surf related situation that they were doing. We would fight over wax in their boards. One, one guy, one kid got to wax it and the other person got to run the comb, you know? And then we're like their little buddies just walking with them down to the beach, walking down the beach. Well, you know, they were, you know, pointing out the different bars and A-frames and, and we were not even anywhere close to paddling out with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that we were always aspiring to just even get to hang with them. And then we kind of started coming more of age and we put in a lot of time with their old 80s boards right in front of the house, just paddling out, um, planking through white waters or getting the duck dive down and then turning around and taking white waters that reef, you know, reformed into little waves. And we did that for, for years, probably from when we were like five to say eight. And then that's, for some reason I do remember, or I think I remember I was eight when Uncle Anth paddled me out, like to, he was gonna paddle me to the outside for the first time. And so I'm on my tiny little shortboard, it was my first real board that I got for Christmas. Tiny little potato chip, <laughs> a little 6.0 or something, 5.11. And he's just the whole time just screaming, paddle! Just, you know, like striking the fear of God in me. I was like performing at, at my peak, you know, I was paddling so hard and he was swimming behind me and then when a, a wave or a whitewater would come, like it was it was good size, whitewater, let's say it was three to four feet on the outside. Then it was those little insiders. He would he would catch me, you know, swim up to me and get over the top of me and grab the board and, and duck dive the board. And because it was two of us, we'd do like a deep duck dive. And then he'd like even angle me out and like, I'd shoot out the back like a proper duck dive when I'm eight years old <laughs> with them. And then he'd be like, paddle! And so we're just, we got, I remember going through like real waves, like getting underneath the lip 
and he was like, take a deep breath. I was like, <gasps> the biggest, deepest breath ever, even though we were under the water for like two seconds, you know, it was a big deal. And then I, I'm pretty sure we just got to like, we didn't make it, we didn't have to go all the way to the outside, kind of got to the middle part of the break. And he's like, okay, here's, this is the one. It was like a white water reforming. It's like, this is the one, okay. Don't go straight to the beach. Go down the beach, look down the line. And that's all he said. And then he chip shotted me into that wave. He's like, paddle, paddle. And then he just chip shotted me in and I felt like so much speed underneath me. I just popped right up and the line was just lined up way down the line. And I just started just like pumping right off the bat like naturally like I was flying I was already I was flying I was pumping it was like I was on a skateboard going down the going down the sidewalk and just pumping it I had that feeling and it just naturally happened like right there when he put me in sideways and told me go down the beach and I just remember riding that thing all the way to the end and even like pulling out the back and then he was way out the back you know, and I was losing it, and he kind of motioned to me to paddle back out, and I somehow made, you know, he's swimming back towards me. And so that's, that was really what set the whole surfing bug or to the next level of actually, actually surfing. And that didn't happen very often, you know, mm -hmm. that, that he paddled us out. After like that first time, it was more like, okay, you can do it. <laughs> you gotta do it yourself, you know? Off you go. Off you go, or, or like, <laughs> try to keep up if you can't keep up then you have to stay on the beach you know and just watch that we we went so many times to the beach where he was like come on let's do it and, and we were like no way we're not paddling out there we know what it's like he'd be like dude these are gonna be the best waves of your life <laughs> he would always say that and, and we'd be like looking way down the cliff he'd be like yeah it's like four to six feet <laughs> And then we would get down on the point and it would be like biggest waves we've ever seen and, and it was a whole different story. It was a we did a, we had a lot of those you know coming of age and and new boundaries you know boundaries pushed and new levels found with with my uncle and then we, we still do that with my uncles as well. You know, he's he's the best surfer in the family, little uncle Anton Tone Loke we call him. He's the best by far in the family still. You know, he just has the wave knowledge and he still has the skill and he rides these tiny little pocket rockets and uh, he still wows the crowd. Yeah, well, he just keeps surfing, right? He's, uh, he's committed. He's the most consistent surfer I know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's, that's how it's gotta be, you know? <laughs> right, put it you in. You gotta keep surfing and keep surfing. It's not like you've done it at one time it's a lifestyle and right. you know just look at any great surfer and you'll see that their life is all around it all revolving around surfing but yeah that's funny like there's a, there's definitely a couple differences in your upbringing from mine you know like it took me so hard to, it took me so long to get a surfboard and then I had no one really in the family to help me out so I probably was trying to surf for two or three years before I maybe even got myself on a wave, you know? Right. At least an open face wave. I'm sure I was like turning around catching whitewater. But I do remember the first time I, I went down the line very distinctly because the same thing happened to me. It, the pumping was automatic. I was going up and down the face. 
But the best part about that day, that was like a breakthrough day for me. The best part about that day is that when I looked at the beach after that first wave, my dad was there and he saw it. Come on. And his hands were in the air and he was like fist pumping, both hands. Ah, and I just remember paddling in so quick and going, did you see that? Did you see that? Knowing damn well he saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but know? just got to like. Oh, <laughs> make, making sure that's Tell so me again. Huge. Tell me again what you saw. <laughs> How good was it? But uh, definitely, it's so good. It's pretty sweet times when you first learn how to surf, and and those breakthrough moments happen. And but don't let go, you know that all surfers, like even the greatest surfers, they always you know they remember the start, and that original stoke is greater than almost anything you'll ever achieve again in surfing. So it's like I think it is important to kind of go back on it, revisit it, and kind of bring it to the forefront of your psyche as as a surfer you know that's so true to uh enjoy the little things about being in the ocean if the waves are shit don't just be like oh i'm just gonna wait for it to be good you know you know it's gonna make you feel better and even if you're just going and body whomping and and storm surf you know so let's bring it up to today um you're a capable surfer you went through three surf coaches that were <laughs> increasingly strict, I would say, or maybe maybe the Sea Wolf was the strictest. Right, I don't right. know, I'll, I'll, that's not for me to judge. But anyway, uh, what you're doing now in surfing, uh, aside from just continuing to do it, is uh, building the craft we ride. And uh, I know this because I have five of his boards that he shaped, four of them were custom for me. Uh, a lot of time and thought and effort went into these boards. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about La Mission Surfboards? Thanks, brother. Yeah, you're one of the you're one of the biggest supporters of, of the movement and flying this freak flag that is La Mission Surf, <laughs> and um, you know it's it's more and more coming to be very clear that it's like the my greatest passion that I found in life, say other than my fa- you know my family and and mm-hmm. surfing and mm-hmm. but it's it was it took a long time to figure out that it was so important to me like I knew that it was it was a new experience that that fired me on a different like a different set of cylinders all of them and then some after my after my first board but I still didn't just after my first board I didn't just go all in like I wish I would have just gone all in then like as a 15 year old kid like there's there's plenty of great board builders who were in the position like to do that you know because their dad was a shaper or something like that or their uncle was a shaper but it took me you know another 10 years to figure out like that's what I wanted to pursue and for that to be did, my work did you shape boards in that 10 years like yes for 15 consistently to yeah consistently but just like a couple boards a year you know like right. one for me and one for a friend or you know mm-hmm. just kind of a couple it was it was really hard to and it still is to find like a space to do that you know right. it really it really needs to be a designated space and uh you know that's one of the, when i think back on my on my board building history is like i'm so grateful for those people who let us build boards in their backyard let us build boards on their little veranda their little you know off a bedroom that we tarped and like 
and all these little makeshift we, we shaped out of this fireball trailer for years that was so fun um, and then you know now building shaping bays at different family members houses at my sister's house sis and Ryan you know had that was a beautiful bay you know and um, and then we moved that one to Bonnie Dune so that's that's just such a huge part of it where you've where you've shaped and how wherever you're shaping influences you you know mm -hmm. and uh, that's a that's a huge part of my board building history is that I bounced around to so many different just making it happen places and just making it happen yeah yeah and uh, when I really decided to go all in my my big bro the surf squatch opened up his door he had a shaping bay at his house he was going to school he's like yeah come on down to san diego freaking got the shaping bay i won't even charge you rent you know just uh. just make sure you're cooking up the good grub and uh building building boards and i just i had my mindset i just started producing boards start to finish with no customers in line you know nobody really asking for it i was just like i need to just hone this craft like right now and I'm and I've been dreaming about it for so long and then I finally made the decision and I just just producing boards producing boards is the first time I ever shaped boards and then had professional fiberglassers do them and that took it took the boards up to a new level because mm -hmm. they were just you know their the finish was was almost perfect mm -hmm. you know so it really highlighted my my shape and and my my unique shapes and my unique color work yeah and your art that's that's an important part of the boards i feel is like the art the inlays and how you i mean if they're custom so you're working with the the customer to uh to come up with something really truly special right, and, right. i mean i know you've done like some fabric inlays that were like had sentimental value to them like the fabric like a shirt of somebody of or or just something exquisite and beautiful and rare uh, but it looks so good glassed into a board. Oh, I love it. It's kind of a surefire way to make a, a Beautiful functional piece of art that really hits them in the heart, you know, like you got to get them You got to get them involved with the process and then you know, like maybe you choose five fabrics You know and one speaks to them or like you're talking about you kind of plant the seed early and you tell them to start looking out for the that perfect fabric mm. for for their board and they're on their the most amazing trip of their life and they find the fabric and they bring it back and we inlay it in the board and you know they're they're gonna love it and it's that's something that i kind of believe in i totally believe in with board building is like when you when you love your board like when it just feels good underneath your arm and you love the look of it you're so much more inclined to like stick with it and figure out the its little kinks and like learn how to write it well yeah well that's that's such a good point because I think you know you can really ride a lot of shitty things that don't have all this effort put into them so first of all how much more so a board that has so much effort and thought put into it you know especially who it's gonna be ridden by but then on top of it if you love it so much and you just dedicate yourself to it oh my god not only are you gonna learn how to ride it but you'll master it right. you know and it'll become a part of you and and I think that's part of the beauty of like having a custom surfboard is that you feel so connected to it that it takes your surfing to a new level, you know, and you commit to that, not just surfing, but to that equipment and learn it really well. At least that's how I like to ride equipment, you know, figure out one that I like 
or, or have one made that I think I'm going to like. And then of course I love it. I made it, you know, right. or I ordered it and I had all the art done and the dimensions exactly what I want and, and just commit to the thing and really learn how to ride it well. And yeah, custom surfboards is, I mean, once you get one, it's, <laughs> I think it'd be pretty hard to go back. Right. As I can tell you from experience, <laughs> uh, you want a beer? Sure. <clears throat> so what else do I want to bring to the table? Do I want to kind of share with our listeners? Uh, I was going to ask you about just um, like what's some of your history in, as far as educating others in surfing? I, I kind of remember a few. Hold on. It's that time of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the time where we need a new beer. Cheers, brother. Green meanie. Cheers, brother. So getting back to what I was saying, um, I know I know you've helped some friends, and you're a generous kind of a dude. So if someone wants to learn how to surf, you help, and and I, I don't take you to ever have been an irresponsible kind of a helper. So uh, tell us a little bit about your coaching history or your your just willingness to to impart the knowledge of surfing, or at least try. Yeah, uh, I can I can just go back to like maybe when I was in high school, I started helping my my friends out like share, sharing what I had learned up to that date you know and kind of helping them tune in to to surfing and whether they were like their skate a better skateboarder or a better snowboarder and I'm a better surfer so we, we were working and, and talking about different techniques and stuff like that so that was pretty early on and then as soon as I graduated high school and moved up to Northern California to um, Santa Cruz I had some friends who were looking to surf that we were all kind of we kind of all migrated up together so I was really close with them and they were trying to learn how to surf and it was much you know much more dynamic up there to just get down on the beach and you really had to have good gear and you had to have the right board or like it wasn't happening you know it was kind of big heavy beach breaks and and a lot of water moving around and um, anyway so that was when I kind of took my first homie underneath my wing to really kind of, he we were surfing together almost every day so I was really school schooling him and coaching him and trying to make sure that he wasn't fucking up my scene you know right like, right I was if taking you look him, bad I look bad yeah <laughs> I was taking him like to meet up with my uncle and surf with my uncle and his friends and I was like barely on the cusp of making it. You know, I was long hair, riding these funky ass boards with no leash and they were just always, always just kind of on my case a little bit right off the bat. So then I got my homie Philly with me and he's just learning, he's riding like a seven foot bright orange like popsicle uh, like a big stick you know swirled yellow and orange <laughs> board single fin and so could he surf at this point is he doing it or what? yeah he's doing it All he's right. definitely doing it you know he's he's a skater and and he he's he was like a water polo player so he's like super strong paddler mm-hmm. and he you know he was he was intuitive and, and anyways, he was picking it up on it quick, almost too quick, you know, getting himself into trouble, <laughs> like back paddling, not knowing what the fuck's going on, you right. know, and, and you're in a heavy lineup, you know, of, of people who really keep tabs 
on people and they're just like just sitting back and just waiting and then and then you know you try to drop in on that wave and it's gonna be like a big problem <laughs> like like they're just gonna mow you down and then you're gonna your big ass board's gonna ding their tiny little potato chip and then they're really gonna be pissed off you know and then they're connected to someone else and you know it, it was it was it was a little bit of that it was it never got that that crazy so a little with, like a little on edge for you huh like in these sessions when he started getting better but not knowing enough how to 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 rein in his new skills you know absolutely like not back paddle people and we were roommates you know i had to be like i don't i don't want to be too much of a dick you know i had to go back and we were living together so i couldn't just you know i was I, and I'm, i've never you know that that kind of shuts down progress and the relationship if you're too much of a dick so anyways um he learned quickly and and that was like the the first one of my friends who was kind of like my little protege or something like that and and then when I started coming out you know soon after I started coming out and visiting Montauk and seeing the potential and seeing how many people were teaching surfing and I've then I kind of tuned back into all that time that I had spent from a pretty young age like teaching Mm -hmm. you know so I drew on that and I hot you know I got in the mix pretty quick you know started doing my own thing right off the bat just a few a few lessons here and there and then definitely worked a, a few full-on seasons with uh, brother Corey and sister Kristen at Corey's Wave and all the boys and just like learned so so much in that time you know teaching from tiny little young bloods all the way up to you know late and later in life people that that were just giving giving it a go right know? yeah so I, I feel like that really kind of hit all those bases of of learning how to deal with different people you know and go out there and kind of assess w what we're working with and trying to spread some knowledge in a in a in a light that is respectful to surfing in the way that I learned how to surf mm, which yeah. was go ahead it, yeah it just was it's it's it can't no one can earn it for you you know you just have to you have to put in the time and right. that that's one of the main things you know it's definitely controversial but the the state of how surfing is taught like globally is it just seems like it's it's kind of like just it can it can be just like this one time um attraction like a ride that you get to go and you do and you just check off the list but everyone knows that it's it's something different than that you know and it is that's what makes surfing different is it's much harder to actually get the real sensation and you can't really get it artificially without putting in a lot of time unless you get very lucky or you have someone assisting you heavily you know <laughs> um yeah so that, that's where you know that's where i really feel good about where i'm at and and getting back to to my roots of how 
I was taught how to surf and how I want to continue on that that legacy of just putting in the time you know and, and being a really well-rounded ocean goer you know and being able to ride anything and have fun and and uh, be aware of different ocean conditions and and the whole shebang <laughs> yeah I mean you said a couple of really good things there you know and like keeping surfing like sacred to you I think is a big one you know because um, in the same boat I feel um, the same way you know I put so much time into it and uh, there's kind of now I have a very specific and, and you know fussy kind of attitude about how it should be shared with others you know especially if it's going to be in the form of business right and uh, you know like surfing is a sacred thing like you said it does not just you know I guess it can be something you just check off your list and do once but somebody who just checks it off their list because they've done it once didn't actually surf you know surfing is it's a commitment it's a lifestyle and, uh, and that's one of the reasons that you know you're such a, a qualified educator for uh, the surf continuum is because of those roots and that understanding and that value you hold with surfing that we both share absolutely it's going well I yeah like it's it. going good and uh, so it's fun you know because we're not you know, we're going to get into this at one point, you know, where what's the difference between surf lessons and surf coaching. But, um, you know, we're, we're guides to help people along this long, frustrating journey of surfing. And making sure that you don't stray far from the path is how I feel our job is. You know, it's, there is no shortcut. There is no secret road we know about to get, you know, further along faster. It's, it's the same road that any good surfer had to take but making sure that people stay on it because there's a lot of ways you can veer off and sort of cheat yourself to learning surfing, you know? There's a lot of things you can do to kind of skip, you know, skip the hard, or not skip the hard parts, there's no skipping, but ignore them and, and try to, you know. Move on and, and do, do something new and. Right, um, so yeah, so we're, you know, just being that guide that, just keeps people on the path and like, no, 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 don't go wandering off into the brush over there. But Come I mean, that, yeah, we're actually, we're actually giving them some keys, to, like some major keys to like speed up the process. That's well, that's the, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I wouldn't call it a shortcut though, because absolutely. even when we say it straight up, like this is what you need to do to change the game. It still takes session after session after session before it's like, oh, all I needed to do was that? Like, yeah, I told you that 10 sessions ago. You know, it's just funny how it takes And 10 commitment. times each session after that. Yeah. You know, it, it really it, is. It's, it takes dedication and commitment to, to get these concepts. So I guess we do speed it up because otherwise it would be maybe 50 or 100, you know, or maybe never. I still see people surfing after years and years not grasping fundamental concepts of surfing uh, if you're just not a good observer. Um, yeah, so <laughs> having a little guidance and assistance is certainly a valuable thing to speed up the process, but by no means is a shortcut in the way that it sounds like you're cutting a corner or like getting around something. Right. You know, you just make that full prog uh, that full journey only a little faster because you know where you're going, but you still got to do the journey. You still got to walk those steps and paddle out in the bad conditions and surf when it feels shitty and it, if there's no reward that day. Right, just we have plenty of those up. sessions. Yeah, just get beat up and get strong. Hold on to your board. <laughs>
Well, that was a good episode with uh, my partner and good friend, Coach Evan. Hey, yo, good, good run. Good chat. Yeah, talk thanks soon, guys. Thanks for being on the show, brother. My pleasure.